hearing, the faculty of perceiving sounds, the range within which sounds may be heard, earshot, or an opportunity to state one's case. This week we are talking about hearing from God, what His voice sounds like, and how to discern if it really is God's voice. Stick around and take a listen. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18. Today we are talking about hearing the voice of God. And uh, we thought this would probably be a good follow-up to our last episode, which was a pretty emotional episode, um, where basically Elaine and I talked, if you didn't hear that episode, we were basically talking about um, our experience where she was hospitalized for six days, and uh, how God used that to draw us closer to Him. And so we kind of wanted to talk about the voice of God, and what God sounds like to us, and how that may not be how He sounds like to you. And uh, yeah, so before we get into that, quick announcement from our sponsor, Cedar Temple Trade Company. They're a Christian apparel and home goods line. Uh, they're doing furniture remaking now, so go find them on Facebook at Cedar Temple Trade. You can find them on their website, cedartemple.com. Go check them out. They also have a promo code for you in the show notes below. So go get that. It's free, and it's a pretty good discount. But let's get right into today's episode about the voice of God and how he sounds. So I'm going to open up with a story of something that happened a little while. It was, oh gosh, three, four, I think about four years ago. And uh, at the place where my father and Elaine and I work, it's kind of like I pretty much grew up around there. It's the ballpark uh, um, where we have a, a stand that we run, and that's kind of what we do is one of our other jobs. We run a concessionaire. But my dad's worked out there for like his entire life for 40-something years, basically, and uh, so about 10 years ago, um, some of my closest friends and I started up a band, and uh, we started a night at the ballpark called Praise Day in the Park, and we basically just played. We were a contemporary Christian band, like every good Christian kid wanted to be who was into music, and we did some really cool shows, and it was really fun. We did a, a few years out there um, where we did Praise Day in the Park, and it got you know, to be reasonable size, and we were draw, you know drawing a few hundred people in to listen to this music after the game, and it was pretty cool. Well, once our band kind of broke up and went off their separate ways, um, the ballpark kind of picked up the mantle for that, and a team of people from the ballpark all took it over, and uh, it became Faith and Family Night, and uh, we brought in a bigger artist, and one of the things, like my dad has never heard the voice of God. He said he's never had God talk to him in any way, and he never understood really how to hear God's voice. Well, in this, we were short a couple thousand dollars to make this night go off, and my dad said he was sitting in his office, and he literally heard someone whisper in his ear, or talk in his ear, it wasn't really a whisper, it was literally like someone was standing next to him and said, just write the check, 
And my dad kind of dismissed it, you know. He thought he was just kind of like hearing things. He he didn't know what was going on, so he just kept sitting there doing his work on his computer. And he heard something else again. And he said he literally audibly heard this. Like it was someone standing in the room. It wasn't in his mind. He audibly heard. He said, just write the check and I'll show you what I can do. Half reluctantly, because $2,000 is a lot of money, my dad wrote the check. Well, that day comes up. And there are storms everywhere on the radar. The whole map of Arkansas is covered with rain. My dad, um, being that he's the park superintendent and it's a baseball field, uh, he has direct call access to the National Weather Service. So my dad called the National Weather Service and asked them, hey, what are we looking like? We have an outdoor concert tonight. It's supposed to be a pretty big deal. Uh, Like, what's the weather looking like? And they said, honestly, there's no way you're playing this game. They said that the storms are coming down on you right now. In about an hour, they're going to be there, and it's going to rain for the next two days straight. And they said it's not going to relent. They said that, uh, and they were, I mean, they were calling 100% chance of rain for like the next 24 hours. So we all got together and we prayed. And the sky looked you know, dark black, gray, you know, it was middle of daylight, middle of summer, but I mean, the sky was just dark and, uh, it just looked nasty outside. We all prayed about it and we went on our way. And, uh, about an hour later, whenever we walked outside, we realized that there was sun peeking through the clouds. So my dad called back the national weather service and asked them and said, Hey, I called you guys about an hour ago but it doesn't look like it's raining and I thought it was already supposed to be. So what's up? And the national weather service guy told him, he said, honestly, I don't know how to tell you this. And I've, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been a meteorologist for over 20 years with the national weather service. He said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. My life happened. He said, the storm stopped moving and changed directions completely. and is now heading away from you. And not even like, you know, in, in most places, especially in Arkansas, you know, you can kind of watch the storm typically move from the the west toward the toward the east, and uh, it literally stopped directions and changed. It didn't just slightly turn; it stopped heading from the west to the east and went due uh, southwest. And it never rained a drop. And the ballpark had the largest uh, faith and family night in history, even to this day. And it was a huge crowd and drew one of the largest crowds in um, in-game history, all for a night to honor God. And so I know that's a bit of a long story, but today we're talking about the voice of God. And now you may have never heard God's voice audibly. Um, I know that, I don't know that I've, I've ever heard God's voice audibly but he talks to everyone in a different way. So, Elaine, tell me a little bit about how you feel God talks to you. I feel like I'm a little different in this realm. Um, I have, like, this weird pet peeve of mine. And I used to think it was, like, I had a problem. Sometimes the way that I hear a lot of Christian women talk about God and they're just very gentle and soft-spoken and they say well god just really revealed this to me and god just really spoke this he tapped me on the shoulder and everything and to me like 
when people talk like that, my immediate reaction is like, that's fake. That's weird. I don't like that is not how God talks to me. God is more blunt to me. He's more straightforward. And I guess maybe that's my personality. I like to just tell people what's on my mind, how I feel about something, or just directly ask somebody, you know, what they're thinking or what they feel about a situation. And I wouldn't say like God's rude or God's like brash or anything, but I don't necessarily feel like God's tapped me on the shoulder and like spoke this super sweet message and was super gentle. It's normally when God, you know, I don't think I've necessarily heard God audibly, but like I felt his presence around me and stuff, but it's more straightforward. God's telling me, hey, go do this you know, or you shouldn't be doing this, or I don't know, to me, it's kind of hard to explain. (laughs) But like, I just, I feel weird for even having like a pet peeve about people and how God speaks to them. But sometimes, like, people's tone of voice, whenever they talk about how God talks to them just kind of irks me. And I feel weird for saying that. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of get that. Because like, mine and God's relationship is a little different. Like, some people, and I guess that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this too, is um, we often hear people talk about like, oh, God told me this. And a lot of people's reactions, like I don't, I don't, my reaction a lot of times is, well, how do you know God said that to you? Like, how do you know this is from God? Because I've had in my life, and I'm going to touch on this real quick, like when I was in uh, this situation, like referring back to this previous episode, and if you didn't listen to that episode, like, please go and do that because it's probably the most um, raw and revealing thing for Elaine and I, and you can really just kind of get a, you can get to know us a whole lot. It's a very emotional episode, uh, but it, it touches very deeply on on who Elaine and I even are and, and something we went through. But uh, whenever I was in the hospital for the first three days, I want to say, uh like I was hearing voices in my head and you can call that your conscience. You can call whatever. Uh, to me, they were not Christian. They were not my conscience. They were most likely the enemy. And, um, I know it sounds super spiritual going that route, but it was, it was the enemy. He was trying to influence my thoughts. Uh, you know, I believe there is an enemy trying to influence our thoughts. And he was telling me these things of what ifs, what if your wife dies? What if your wife does not recover from this or has some kind of permanent disability. When they start talking about a spinal tap, what if it paralyzes her? What if she gets an infection from it? Um, and then once even we started going home, once I was able to like muster up the faith and we were able to kind of pray and conquer this fear, there was a fear that started coming up. Uh, what if she's not done and they're releasing her too early? And I really felt, and this is really weird to say this, but I felt like God, quote unquote God, was telling me that Elaine was getting sick again and she's going to end up right back in the hospital that next day. And I fought that fear from the moment I even heard a glimpse of the possibility of us going home. And I, it, it sounded like God to me. And you can ask, how, does, how do you know what God sounds like? Well, a lot of times whenever he speaks to me, it's these little unctions that kind of just tug real quickly on my heart. And that's the only way I know how to describe them. They're these little things that just kind of grab a hold of like my heart string or the, you know, the, the rope and tug a little bit. 
And I just felt that. And it was this fear. And I was thinking to myself, is God trying to prepare me for something bad that's going to happen? Is this like, does God work that way? Is he, is he telling me my wife is going to be sick again? And I was praying about it. And I honestly, I was having this like deep heart to heart with God where I was like, please, like, please don't let this be. If you are the one who can heal her and we're praying for healing, like I'm expecting healing. And like, I'm not super like, like word of faithy, but I do, I have faith. And I believe that if I pray and ask, I mean, in Psalms 91, you know, it says, uh, if my children call to me, I'll answer them. I'll be with them in times of trouble. I'll rescue them, uh, rescue them and honor them. And, uh, and so I was thinking like, if I'm praying this, like, why would God be telling me my wife is going back into the hospital? And I started, um, just remembering some of the promises that God laid on our heart when I knew it was God speaking to us. And I realized like that wasn't God I was hearing. That was the enemy disguised as God because the enemy comes uh, dressed in white. He comes, you know, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And when I got to the heart of it and I kind of prayed through that, I could hear God actually speaking to me that he was working good things in my wife and I didn't have anything to fear anymore. And that I was literally giving um, voice to the fear to speak as if it were Christ in me. And that was such a weird moment because I had never had the enemy disguise himself as God's voice so much like that, you know? Like, I had never had a hard time understanding what was God versus what was not, but uh, it took some serious, like, understanding. And so one of the things that, like, I want to say about listening to God is if it doesn't line up with the promises he's given us in his word, then it's not him. God doesn't change. So he's not going against the Bible. So if you're hearing this voice in your head, like this is okay, despite what the Bible tells you, or this is, um, this is what's going to happen despite what you feel God's already laid on your heart. There's a really good chance that it is most likely probably 100% the enemy disguising disguising himself as God. And uh, that was such a profound thing because I realized in that moment, like, God's voice is gentle and fluid. And this voice was pounding and harsh. And we have to get all that other junk out of the way to hear what God is saying. And to put that into, like, a realist perspective, imagine you're in the woods. And in order to to hear one thing like there's so many noises going on around you but in order to hear the one thing you're trying to listen to maybe you got to stop crunching the leaves you know maybe you've got to stop rustling around to to let the to let everything calm down and let it let the natural sounds pull back up and uh god's voice to me is very calm and very gentle now i don't necessarily hear god like some booming big man speaking a lot of times, like I said, it's something that pulls naturally on my heartstrings, but it has to align with the word of Christ. And I think that's where so many times we miss it because we feel like God will tell us something that's contradictory to what he's already told us or what he says in his word. And then we're left trying to guess, but that's just not how God works. Well, and sometimes I think it's easier because a lot of people would probably say that they haven't necessarily heard God audibly, you know, directly. 
but they have unctions, like you were saying, or they feel that they need to go do something or that they shouldn't be doing something. But sometimes I think it's easier to discern what isn't God's voice because like something that I heard on some other podcast or whatever was your inner mean girl um, that tells you like, you can't do this. You're not good enough for this. And like, that's not, that's obviously not God. Like that is not, um, you can, like you said, you can call that fear or whatever, but that's not God's voice telling all these uh, voices in your head saying like, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You'll never be as great as this person or you'll never be anything in this world like obviously that is not god right so like the other thing that's really interesting to me is we can get really hung up on trying to hear from god you know there's this whole philosophy of like god please just open this door like you're in this position in life and you're trying to figure out which way to go and you're just begging for god to open a door and and you're, you're looking at all these different scenarios on the table, and you're just asking God, please just give me a sign, show me something, let me hear from you. And in reality, a lot of times, the beauty is in the fact that God gave you all the doors to try to pick one and pursue, um, because when you walk through it, you're going to realize he had predestined you to pick that one in the first place. Like, And I'm not just telling you to do it like haphazardly or not to pray about it, but I'm saying a lot of times... God's silence is the answer you're looking for. I think we can get really caught up and obsessed on trying to hear from God in different ways. Some people get obsessed over hearing God's audible voice. And there are many people in this world who are never going to hear the audible voice of God. Because even if, like, kind of like me, even if I heard it, I'd probably be skeptical. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I, God communicates with each person in their own unique way because he knows the best way to talk to you to get you to to respond. You know, it's it's kind of like um, if you were to talk to a deaf person, they're not going to hear you, but if you were to write it out for them, they would understand. Or if you were to do sign language to a blind person, like, that doesn't do any good. You have to, to use your words. God's the same way. We are, we we have our certain ways that we can receive his communication. Um, a lot of people, if they heard the audible voice of God, it'd probably just terrify them. You know, it would probably just spook them and they'd run the other way. I know with me personally, um, God deals with me very intimately. I have to get alone and filter out because my brain wants to try to figure everything out for itself. My brain hates trying to wait on answers it wants to have them. It wants to hunt them down. It wants to search for them. And so if I don't take the time to try to clear all that crap out of my head, kind of going back to the episode about solitude, if I don't take that time to get alone and clear all the mess out, there's no way I'm going to to have the ability to hear God's voice to me. And and sometimes it it is just a natural little um, kind of like feeling you get. Sometimes it's opening the Bible and realizing like his word already says what to do. Sometimes it's a, it's a dream. Like I'm not going to say that God can't communicate in dreams because I've had God communicate to me in dreams before. It's not always often. And a lot of times I have really weird dreams. And so like I can't just assume every dream I have is of God. But there's sometimes I've woke up out of my sleep with such a vivid dream that I knew it was God the moment I woke up. 
Well, and sometimes God can speak through people in your life. Yes, And so absolutely. it may sound like your best friend's voice, but it could definitely be God using that person. Yeah. I think the most important thing is always checking it to his word. If you're not checking it to his word, then you don't actually know if it's truth or not. And so anything contradicts what he's already said, then it's a lie. And Satan doesn't create, he only manipulates. So he's going to use lies, just like he used whenever Jesus was in the wilderness. He used scripture against literally the scripture. Like, think about that for a minute. Satan used the Bible against the living word of God to try to manipulate him into... um, into believing this lie or into receiving a lie. And that's exactly what he does to us. You know, that's the, the same the same principle still at work. You know, it's an old trick that he still uses. And sometimes um, I think you have to be careful, kind of like what you were saying is that, you know, Satan like disguised himself as God's voice. And sometimes it's hard to discern what's what. And something that I have witnessed a lot And I'm not, like, you and I are married. We're not in the dating game. Like, this has been, you know, we're adults. Like, this has been a long time ago. But back, but I'm still seeing it and hearing people use this terminology. But specifically in teenage dating, Mm -hmm. when they say, like, well, God just really wants me with this person. And God (laughs) revealed this person. And um, a lot of teenagers say, like, I just really feel like God wants me to marry this person. And sometimes... That is true, that God can reveal that. And I think whenever you and I were dating, like we felt God tell us like we were going to get married and be together. But a lot of times it's used as a cop out. Oh, yeah, to get your way. I think a lot of times we use God um, as an excuse to try to get our way. And so and that's like the biggest thing, too, is would God tell you, hey, you're going to marry that person. And then you go up and tell that person, hey, God told me to marry you. That's just not the right way to do something. I'm not saying God can't tell you who you're going to marry. I can't say God isn't going to say, like, that's the one. I truly believe whenever I met uh, I met Elaine that God showed me, he's like, this is the one. And I will be honest, I was very scared. Uh, I had come to a place in my life where I didn't want to date anymore. Um, I was done looking we for... We were both at that point. Like, right before we even met each other independently, we were like, okay, we're not dating. Dating's stupid. Like, we're okay if we're single forever. Yeah. And I remember whenever I first started talking to Elaine, we were texting late one night, and I walked in the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror, and I just remember looking myself in the mirror, and I, and I had uh, basically prayed, and I said, God, I don't want to put my heart out there again. I don't, I had come out of a, a long-term relationship that ended kind of messy, and and I, I told God, I said, please don't let me put my heart back out there if this isn't the one. And I had a peace about it that I'd never had before. I had a peace to continue pursuing Elaine like I'd never had before. Now, I didn't just run to her and text her and be like, I just had an epiphany that you were the one. That's probably not the way to go about that. (laughs) Yeah. So God can show you things, absolutely. But you can't, don't use that as an excuse because so many people use that as an excuse to get their way because it's easy to start yelling, oh, well, God told me this and God told me that. And it's not even in dating either. No, anything. 
anything. But once you use that card, and here's something to remember, once you use the, well, God told me this card, maybe you're talking to a pastor or or anyone else, like a, a spiritual figure or authority figure in your life or a, a, a mentor, and you say, well, God told me this, how are they supposed to follow that up? Like if you're talking to someone about an issue you have in your life and you say, well, God told me this, that pretty much shuts down them from being able to tell you anything. Maybe listen to what they have to say and see if it aligns with what God was telling you. Then check it out in the Bible and cross-reference what you're hearing because it's really easy, and this is super Christian cliche, uh, but it's easy. Like If you have a radio receiver, there's a lot of staticky channels to get tuned into the right one. And, you know, it's easy to claim you hear from God, but if you haven't taken the time to pray, if you haven't taken the time to get alone with him, to get that solitude alone with him, if you haven't taken the time to open up and read his words, you don't even really know what frequency you're tuned into. You just know that there's voices coming in that box speaking to you. And those can be the wrong voices as easy as they can be the right voices. And that's something you have to be so careful of. You have to know where to tune into. And so you have to press into those things, the the truths that are already written out for us. You have to press into finding out how God speaks to you and filter out all the negative stuff, all the other stuff, all the stuff that may even sound good but isn't him. Otherwise, you're going to be in a place where you're, you're following the wrong thing. And once you use that God card, there's really no going back from that. Once you say, well, God told me this, you're basically putting words in his mouth and you're closing off anyone from being able to to share with you as well. And so that's why it's so good to like cross-reference those sources. I think one of the easiest ways to be able to discern between hearing God's voice and thinking that you're hearing God's voice is the peace that comes with it. Yeah. Um. God calls us to do scary things all the time that yeah. frighten us. Um, whether it's quit your day job and pursue music. Yeah. You know, like that's pretty scary. You can attest to that. And, um, you know, go build a house while you're getting married and take on a family business all at the same time. Like that's scary. But God told us to do that and we had a piece about it. We didn't know what that was going to look like, how that was going to happen. But we had a peace come over us that God told us this was going to happen. So he's going to make it happen, whether we realize, like, whether we know how to or not. And I feel like if you think God's speaking to you, but you're still questioning if that's God or is that really what he wants, then I would personally say that that may not be God if you don't have a peace about it. But I think the cool thing is in Christ, no matter what door you pick, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as you're pursuing after him because he's going to funnel you toward him one way or another. And so there's opportunities that are going to arise, and you're not going to know which direction to go, and you're going to have to come to a point where you just say, you know what, I'm going to pick one of these, because maybe God's being still waiting on you to to just respond to something that's on the table. Now, there is a flip side to that. If you already know what God is telling you to do, if you already feel like you know that, if it lines up and everything— then I think there will be a bunch of opportunities at the table for you. Last night we were talking uh, with a couple friends who were talking about how whenever uh, 
her dad was going into full-time ministry, how some insane job offers came up in that transition out of his previous job into the full-time ministry. And that is just a distraction. It's hard because you want to jump on those opportunities, but you already know you've already made your choice. You've already started pursuing something. Kind of like our other friend who had to turn down so many different job opportunities to pursue her podcast and to pursue some of the other things she's doing they were good paying jobs. They were within her her career and what she went to college for, but she had to turn them down because she knew that's not what she was supposed to be doing. And so once you have a grasp of what you're doing, then there's going to be that the flip side of that where the enemy's going to throw these opportunities in your face to show you what you're missing out on. And sometimes that's just a distraction to keep you from doing what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. So I think it depends on what side of the spectrum you're on. If you don't know which direction to take, then look at them all, and if they align up with Christ, then pick one or two and go with them. But if you already know what you're supposed to be doing, then don't be, I guess, uh, lured off by those other opportunities that seem to come by because those are distractions that keep you from getting to where you ultimately need to be. Well, and oftentimes I think we're waiting around for God to speak to us when in actuality, he's already spoken to us and he's waiting on us to right. make a decision and waiting on us to talk to him and say, okay, God, I'm picking this one. If this is not what you want me to do, then like make it evident, but I'm going to go forth with this one. Well, and I think sometimes because the obvious answer isn't always the most obvious, sometimes we have these different scenarios come up and they may not be the most glamorous. They may not be the thing we want to do the most. But it's the choice that's given to it. It's like it's one of the opportunities given to us. And if we can be faithful in those small things, then the bigger things will come. And, you know, opportunities are like are like stairs, less like an elevator. You know, you don't just get to the top by pressing the button. You have to take every single rung of the ladder, every single step to get there. And I think a lot of times God has these things on our plate and we keep praying, asking for God to show us something. And he's like, it's literally in front of you. And I think a lot of times it would help us to pull away from trying to over-spiritualize things and look at the reality in front of us and say, you know what, this is what's on the table right now. God, help me make the best of it to keep going toward the direction that I know you've called me to go. And that's a, it's a hard thing because as Christians, like we want to be spiritual about things and there's nothing wrong with being spiritual, but sometimes we can get so caught up trying to hear the voice of God that we miss the voice of God. Sometimes we can get so caught up trying to to find the opportunity in this big mess of a world that we miss the opportunity that's already sitting right in front of us, the little opportunities that pass us by every single day. We walk by them without ever giving them a glance because they're not the big thing that we feel like God's calling us to do, you know? We may feel called into the ministry, but are we ministering to those people passing by us every day at our normal mundane job? We may feel that we are supposed to be out doing a podcast, but are we taking the time to talk to our friends when they need us or take the time to listen? You know, like those little things that happen all around us are oftentimes the foundation for the bigger things that God's calling us to do. And those are the opportunities at hand we're just too, I don't want to say arrogant. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We're too caught up in what we want 
uh, and what we're praying for to realize that God's trying to get us somewhere. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so uh, even in Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I'll answer you and will tell you the great and hidden things that you have not known. And so Jesus spoke in parables because he knew the ones that needed to hear them, the ones that needed to receive, would receive. But he did that as to not be completely obvious, because uh, if he was just blunt and said it, I mean, how many people would really receive that? But to give someone something to ponder over, to think on, to to meditate on, it was able to reveal itself in its due season instead of just being laid out on the table. And a lot of times our opportunities, uh, hearing from God, all these things happen the same way. It's it's almost uh, parabolic in a sense that you have to wait for it to unfold and reveal itself to you, and you just have to be, um, I guess, uh, eager and willing and ready to listen. Because if you're not those things, you're not going to hear the truth amongst all the all the noise. And let's be honest, sometimes fear can sound a whole lot like faith. You know, going back to Satan only manipulates things he doesn't create. If the, oppor- uh, if the opposite of faith is fear or doubt, then a lot of times those things can sound a lot like it, you know, because, I mean, they look similar. You have to be able to distinguish between the two. And like going back to whenever uh, Elaine, my wife, was in the hospital, it's hard because you're sitting here hearing all the fears, but they seem so real. The reality of the circumstances, my wife is laying in the hospital on a bed with a high fever. The doctors have no clue what's going on. She has severe pain. She's fighting off something. Her white count's out of whack. Her potassium levels have bottomed out. She's just all over the map on her charts. And so the reality in the min- the physical sense says there's something seriously wrong. And so it says we need to try to figure this out. We need to research. We need to look. We need to try to figure out what could possibly be going on. Um, the rational side of you says to prepare for the worst. Um, even though it, it gives you the freedom to maybe hope for the best, it still says to prepare for the worst. And it's just this uh, pursuit of constant baggage that's weighing you down. Now, in, in reality, it looks weird. You know, the whole scenario looks weird and out of whack, and it's scary. But if you take it over to the faith side of things, it looks small because we already know that she's okay, that God is going to take care of her because we know the promises God has put in mine and her life together. And if something dramatic like this were to happen, if I lost my wife, of course, those things aren't going to come to fruition. So if God has already told us, hey, y'all are going to do X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z aren't done, then how on earth is that going to bring glory to him that would have made him a liar and god's not going to make himself out to be a liar but fear wants to make it seem as if god is a liar because if we can give grounds to it if we give ourselves over to it then it has dominion in our lives and so it's going to disguise itself like the voice of god opportunities that seem bleak are going to disguise themselves as fact to pull us away from the faith we need to pursue what god has put in our lives and to try to gain power over us and an authority over us uh, to keep us from doing what we're supposed to do.
So at what point in in the time we were in the hospital, like, at what point did you realize um, what God was saying versus what fear was saying? And what did fear sound like versus what God sounded like to you? Well, to me, fear sounded like, well, kind of what I talked about in our last episode is that I doubted if God was even going to heal me because like my body was literally just trying to survive. And at one point, like I had chills for three hours and, you know, my body was tired and it was tired of trying to fight off whatever it was. And whenever the doctors four out of the six days don't know what's going on and still don't even 100% know what happened. Um, you know, like that doubt and fear was very heavy. And I felt like, you know, I even felt at one point like, okay, well, this is it. Cause obviously my body's not healing itself because the medicines aren't working that are supposed to be working and they don't know what to help fight off. They don't know what to look for. And, I just kind of doubted if God was even getting human because, you know, for the three hours that I was like shivering, you know, I was like, God, please heal me, please heal me, please stop. And it didn't stop for three hours. So I was like, okay, God's not, not listening. God's not hearing me or this is how I go out. Um, but also I think it was night three. Yeah, it was night three whenever um, our family friend came and prayed over us. And like I said in the last episode, I don't, know half of what he said um because I was out of it but I heard um or right before he prayed you know right before he prayed and even after he prayed he said you know something's going to stick out to you God is going to reveal something through this prayer I don't know exactly what to even specifically pray for but something's going to jump out at you and whenever he said that I'm not bound that was the turning point of I'm not bound to the hospital bed. I'm not bound to the IVs. I'm not bound to the room that I can't leave out of. And I think that was the shift of my body's trying to fight this thing off, but I'm not bound. And then I just kind of remembered all the things that God has for our lives together and even has for my life independently and like there's so many blog posts I'm still supposed to write. There's still so many projects. There's so much traveling. I like God told me I was going to get to do and I can't do that in a hospital bed. And so I had no choice but to believe it that God was going to heal me and believe that I was healed. And then the next morning they took me off all of the fluids and said it was an allergic reaction and that they were going to stop giving me antibiotics through an IV and just through pill form. And then my body just kind of miraculously like 180 and like I was healed and I wasn't bound and I, I was strong and I realized like God did heal me. God did listen to me in the few days that I felt like he wasn't in the grand scheme of things. Like those few days are nothing. Yeah. Fear is a liar, and it's going to do anything it can. You know, the enemy is going to use that in any way possible to disguise it as truth. But we've got to realize, where are we? What are we listening to? And sometimes in our lives, we're further away from God. Maybe we're not actively engaged in our faith. I mean, I can honestly say, like, there's been plenty of times recently where I have pulled away 
from my faith. Not that I've pulled away from God, but I've pulled away from being close to God. And his voice is harder to hear there. But in this moment, with this, uh, this time when my wife was sick, I pulled close to him again and could hear through all the fear. It took a while to get back there. It took a few days for me to filter back through everything. But once I got back down to the core of who I was um, in Christ, that all that fear stopped having a voice and truth reigned through. God sounds different to a lot of people. To some, he speaks audibly. To some, he pulls on their heartstrings. To some, it's a mental voice that may sound a lot like your very own. And to others, it may be a dream or an unction or a feeling or the hair on the back of your neck standing up. But you just have to know how God is speaking. You have to compare it to that truth that's in his word. Compare it to those around you who you trust or are also close to him. And always make sure it checks out as his promise and not just a disguise. And his truth will always reign stronger. And just don't give those, don't give the enemy's voice a place because God is bigger than all of that and he has the authority to bind and to let free. Guys, if you haven't done so yet, we'd really appreciate if you take a moment to leave us an honest review. It helps us to to better ourselves to serve you guys. Also, if you wouldn't mind going up wherever it is on your page, on whatever you're listening to, and clicking that subscribe button. It keeps you notified when we have new episodes, and we really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the reckless pursuit podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore TRP podcast. You can check out our website where you can send us an email, drop us a voicemail, say hi. That's therecklesspursuit.com. It has a backlog of all of our episodes and all the details and all of our guest details as well. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode, to hang out with us. Once again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, this episode's kind of on the coattails of that. And it's a super emotional episode, so sit down, strap in, get ready, and let it tug on your heartstrings a little bit. As always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the Word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple, you're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit. Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire. You have a husk sitting on the couch, but and you're telling me not to pull his hair out. Yes. It's going to fall out anyway. Rude.